sprints out. Looking. Stops. In trouble. And he gets decked at the 30-yard line. Wow. What a hit. And that's Perrion Winfrey. Here's Mertz. In the pocket. And he gets rushed. Wow. Daxton Hill shot out of a pin. Welcome back to the Devi IDP Grind. I'm Daryl. I'm joined by Brock and Justice. What's going on, guys? What's going on, man? Huh? Much, watching, a little, uh, watching a little college football here, if that's what we can call it, right? Hey, you're supposed to be second, Brock. You were in the middle tonight, buddy. I'm not on my screen. I'm down on the freaking bottom. <laughs> oh, that's that's second. No, <laughs> that would be last two. Uh, all good, all good. Anyway, we'll, we'll just defer from now on. Justice goes second on the last. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So. Save the best for last. That's something like that. There you yeah. go. <laughs> anyway, we were. Uh, it's Monday night. We're watching a little college football, Clemson and Georgia Tech. Um, good thing we're a defensive podcast because Clemson's defense has been pretty good, right? Can't say the same thing about that offense, but uh, yeah. Ugh. I just we kind of mentioned it earlier. I just oh, I just don't know about DJ, but. And if you have him in any of your campus to Canton leagues or IDP leagues, sorry, I feel your pain. I have him in a league. So, <laughs> what are you, you going to do with him, right? You you spend a high draft pick exactly. on him, and you ain't getting that in return. So you might as well just stick it out. Exactly, and I mean that's with any player like that. When you spend that high draft capital, you can't. When they just flat out suck, it's one thing if they're hurt, right? Because you can kind of spin it and get something back for them. But when they're just flat out sucking terrible you just have to eat it and go right because there's like you said you're not going to get value or anything like that so <sighs> anyway enough about dj um so week one is in the books well mostly after tonight it'll officially be in the books um pretty good weekend for college football I thought. getting back in the groove a couple top 25 matchups, some blowouts, some upsets, <coughs> all that kind of good stuff. Um, but I think the big news is the College Football Expansion Committee this past weekend found its way to a milestone Friday when an 11-member board of managers that oversees it unanimously, unanimously agreed to a long-discussed widening of the playoff slots from 4 to 12 for 2026. Um now, yes. was there any like automatic bids or the highest? Six, uh, yeah, the six highest rated conference champions get automatic bid. So that includes at least one of the the group of five. Well, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that would keep one of them in there. Well, I mean, it would. Yeah. Well, who knows? Yeah, there, there mean, might be there might be two conferences here in twelve months, but right. whatever. 
That's what it is right now. Well, I mean, like initially, well, I, like, your inclination would be to think it's the American Conference, but I think after all those schools leave next next year, it won't be the American. I wouldn't think so. Um, but yeah, you got the six highest conference ranked conference winners, and then you've got six at large. So you know, yeah. I think that helps. Despite how you feel about it, right? That was one of my concerns is with the super conferences. I'm okay with that, but depending on what how you feel about it, I always thought you can't leave the little guys out in the way, right? I mean, well, they're not, right? They're at least they're at least get one. They're probably only going to get one, but at least they get one. And that's and that's all you can ask for, you know. If you if you've got a good enough team and you can make it in as an large, then there's your shot, right? That's that's really my whole thing on it was that you know don't completely shut them out. Give them a chance. And then if they can't now, take advantage would like of that opportunity, be, then that's on them. To me, it'd be interesting. Like, let's say if, okay, like last year, like to me, you don't include Cincinnati as the one. You They get Cincinnati because they were ranked so high to begin with, plus another one or something. But that won't ever happen. Well, if I, I think if you could if you had another team deserving. I mean, if you had, you know, let's say Cincinnati is – you know, wins, uh, you know, won the AAC. And then maybe if you would have had a, you know, someone outside of that, you know, maybe like, you know, the Sun Belt, if they had a guy, a team that was 12 and 0 and ranked 11 or something like that, they would have got yeah. in. Yeah. So, true. I mean, the, the possibility there. I mean, now who knows what that at large criteria is going to be, though, too? Are they going to take straight ranked teams and, where they sit or is it going to, I mean, are they going to be all the politics involved and they got to cater to right. the, the, the conferences they like to cater to too, you know, cause I could see, is it going to be six, six sec teams? Well, yeah, <laughs> you got your six conference champions and then you got like three sec teams, two big 10 teams, and then a big 12 team or something. Right. You know, right. like, and if that's always a thing, but I mean, at least it's different. At least you get a playoff and I mean, I mean, I'd still like to have the best teams in there. And I'm not saying that like a, you know, a 12 and 0 Cincinnati team doesn't deserve it or something. But I mean, there's still they're, there's better teams that are eight that are nine and three in the SEC also, right? Sure. So, right. Um, it's a, I know, mean, it's a start, right? It's better than what we have today. It's a start. I don't think you're ever going to make anything that's going to be happy to everybody because the, the thing about the dynamics of college sports that the the best record is irrelevant sometimes because you know some of these schools if they played in a different conference i mean hell you put nebraska in the fucking mac and they they could be in the goddamn thing you know right but you know they suck shit where they are so right and i think one thing this expansion kind of eliminates so to speak and, and we'll we'll start with this year Utah upset right by Florida this past week. In years past, if you lost right out the gate in the first couple of weeks, it kind of, you had to be perfect down the stretch, and even then, there wasn't a guarantee that you could get in, right? Well, it makes. So it I think, make, I think it's you still kind of stumble and make it, right? It, well, it makes right. team has more opportunity to do that. Well, it, but right. it makes it makes winning your your makes winning your conference a huge priority. I mean, for Utah, Utah that, was, that crushed them. No, I mean it not it, for this year it did, but in the future they would have been fine because they could still grab right. one in the back. I mean that. I was just using them as I mean for this year though, 
Like, yeah. Lose, unless, unless, oh, Florida yeah, wins, done, unless Florida wins the SEC. No, I mean, you know, or I, does really well. I don't see Utah getting in. Utah wins out. They're going to be in the conversation. Well, they have to win out for sure. True. Yeah, but they can't also, stumble again. It also does depend on how Florida does in the SEC. I don't think so. First game of the season, I think if they win out, it doesn't. I don't know if anything else matters. Right, but they're not. They're not going to be able to stumble up again and and be a two back twelve team and get in. That's just not going to happen. No, well, there's not. I mean, other than. I, I don't know other than Alabama or Ohio State if they let any two loss team in ever, you know, with Georgia. Right. And I did hear Georgia. the nugget that this deal that they've accepted, excuse me, was kind of similar to the deal that was offered back in January that the Pac-12 kind of kicked against, right? That wasn't just the Pac-12 that vetoed that one, though. The, the no, it was, but I'm just saying they were terrible. part of that. And no, but I, I there, was enough, that. there was enough conferences that – didn't like something in it, you know, so I don't know what it was for sure, but um, I for one love this. I mean, I, I've, you know, over the years you've heard keep it traditional and blah, blah, with the bowls and, you know, well, it's too many games for the kids to play at school, which was a cop. Well, my only concern got division is two I, and division three playing playoffs. So it's not a problem for them. So I don't want to hear that. But for me, I love it. It's more football. Um, you're keeping the little guys in. You're keeping the big guys that, you know, they're, they're not out of anything. And you're getting a few more teams in here. Um, you're getting four buys. The first, the top four teams get buys. Then the next four teams get to choose where this game is played. <clears throat> and listening to uh, radio today, it's really not – going to change a lot, right? You know, if Alabama or Clemson, whoever those four teams are, <clears throat> of course they're going to choose to play at home, right? But the example was given like um, off the wall, say TCU makes it. Well, maybe they don't want to play at home. Maybe they want to go play at Cowboy Stadium, right? So they could choose Cowboy Stadium, bigger venue or something. That would be kind of where choosing a, a neutral site, if you will, or a bigger stadium comes in. Because if you're going, if you're the Next four, you're you're going to choose to play at home. That's like stupid. Like I don't even know why they put it in there. Like I don't. I don't either. But that's how I heard it explained today. Um, I haven't read. Maybe that, you go so. to like bigger. You know, if you're smaller, I don't want to say smaller schools, but you know, for example, TCU. Maybe it's close for you to play in Dallas at Cowboy Stadium, bigger venue, would- more money, blah blah blah. That would depend on who I'm playing too, because if it's a team that travels well, I'll be like, screw that. I'm playing in Hawaii. Who cares if our fans don't show up? We don't want yours to show up. <laughs> well, that could be part of it too. I think money's got to be involved in it somewhere. Where can we go and, and get the biggest money, right? But I think if you're if you're like last year and we had this system, Alabama didn't make it in, they would have been a they would have been a a, a home field advantage. You know they're keeping their games out. They're not moving anywhere else. Well, I think everybody would. Like, I, I mean, even then, I don't I don't see a scenario where you would – I mean, I'm sure that you'd have to give a certain – like, they always have to give a certain percentage of tickets to the visiting team. But, like, I don't know. I thought I, – and I haven't read it. Like, I, I didn't even see any of this stuff. I just figured it was all tied to bowl games, you know, like the – 
Liberty Bowl might host the second round game or something like that, but I guess that's not the case if they're doing. Yeah, that. I'm not checked into it deeply. I was listening to radio today. You think when that would be the case, yeah. though, right? I mean, that's kind of how it is done now. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know what the right because the only game that's not quote a bowl game is the national championship game. Well, I just think that you that were there. You kept the. You know, but they're probably going to still have all those bowl games, too. You know, so maybe they don't. They, they don't are need this after you win what the but first what, round, the, the top four win, then it goes to bowl games, and they're going to continue to rotate the national championship as so well. So the teams that lose in the first round can still go to a bowl game. No, they're done. So it's not a bowl game. No, not the first round. So then why would they be done if they can't go to a bowl game if you got bowl games in the second round? Well that's why that's why I think it's all bowl games, right? They're all bowl games when you did we lose. Well maybe dog. maybe it is, but the, the main ones what the whatever the main the Rose Bowl and all them that compete for the national championship that rotates. You know, once five through twelve or whatever the rankings are, once they win that first round then those bowls continue to be the top four or five bowls, whatever it is. So, yeah, maybe that initial round is a bowl game, but I don't know what that would – I don't know who those are. Because um, if college football smart, they're going to have the bowls that pay money just bid on those games. Right. You know, because that's kind of what they I, do now, right? Yeah, I, that's what, four more bowls. So, I don't know what your next four top bowls are. Uh but I'm sure they would kind of open that up to bids or something. Maybe let them bid on it or whatever. And you would still hope that a team that like finished 12th that lost in the first round of that, would they still have the opportunity to play like on a New Year's week bowl game too? Or are we going to get stuck watching a fucking seven and five? Well, my guess, my guess is the New Year's bowl game. Well, I don't know. That's a good question. The New, New Year's, Year's six would probably, be the next group, right? Well, it can't be because, because there's not enough time. And then, and is this going to affect the regular season any? Are they going to are they going to condense things down a week? You know, where now maybe the conference championships. From everything like, that I heard today, they still no. want to keep rivalry the rivalry week, Thanksgiving week. I, I'd imagine. I think what it does is it extends the season one week, not the regular season, but the bowl season. I think it kind of pushes that out one more week. Well, if they do that, that kind of they, 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 then they could use the, the other year. divisions are doing. Right, if that's they, what I'm if saying. They do that. If they don't do that though. They can't because there's not there's not enough time. Normally, so, who knows? They'll mm. have it drawn up for us at some point. I'm sure. But yeah, I, I think in the end, all of us, you know, how we, we kind of agree on one thing: more football, and this is kind of where we saw it going. So it made sense to go ahead and do it now. Now they did say 2026. But apparently there's a push to go ahead and get this done for as early as 2024, which I love too. I mean, you're not going to change anything for this year into 2023. That's just too quick. But um, I think going forward, that makes sense. Go ahead, get it in place, uh, get it rocking and rolling. And uh, I'm here for all of it. I, I think this is what college football needed. It was the only division in football that didn't have these playoffs, right? So it's more money. You know, with everything that's going around, that's what it's all about, right? NIL deals and bowl games. It's, it's about the money. That's what it is. That's what it's everything's based on. 
Exactly. Everything's so, about the money. <laughs> <laughs> right. What the what was it? Uh, the million dollar set. Everybody's got a price, right? So uh, I think the price was found, and and it's going to be good. So it's um, like it's like the great I, philosopher Wu Tang. Cash rules everything around me. That's right. Straight cash, homie. <laughs> um. So I know we've talked at length for months on you know, all the realignment stuff and now the expansion of football, uh, the college playoffs. So we'll move on from that. Um, so we had, like I said, week one's in the books now. We got one game at halftime here, but uh, number two, Georgia, and number three, Ohio State rolled to wins. Or, well, Georgia rolled to a win over number 11, Oregon, 49-3. They flexed their muscle again, right? We'll lose Georgia five, looked six, really good. First. They look, yeah, yeah. Georgia looked like a top two team in the nation. So much for losing five or six first round players off that defense, huh? And I know, isn't Georgia ranked third and Ohio State second? Is that right? Or am I? No, Georgia second. Georgia second. I was looking at ESPN, so that's where I got my ranking from. Um, but Georgia definitely looked like at least the second best team for sure. Yeah. Oregon did not look like a number 11 team, that's for sure. No, Oregon um, did not look good. No, they did not. Uh, the other second top 25 matchup was Ohio State and Notre Dame. And uh, that was a close game early, and Notre Dame led. So um, I was I was very impressed with Notre Dame's defense. Like, I knew I they were too. good. Their offense is lacking, but good. that defense looked good. Yeah, yeah they, they, I knew they were good. But I didn't know they were quite that good. Well, and I, I think the other thing from that game, too, is that you know, Ohio State's defense wasn't quite as very strong last year, but they showed pretty well. Yeah, um, with a new D, a new defense coordinator, a new scheme there too. So um, the offense struggled, but I mean, I think the offense struggling for them—that's more of a an aberration than what's going to be the norm. I mean, they just got too much talent on it for it to be a problem. So absolutely. I mean, I don't. How good Notre Dame's defense was. Yeah, Notre Dame had a really strong D, that's for sure. I think a lot of people slept on that defense because that game opened it, well, right before kickoff, not open, but the spread was 14 and a half. Well, you had Notre Dame. I mean, that, that you know, that Buckner, that was his first career start. Yeah. Too. So, I mean, they, they had a lot of things. I mean, I could see the spread being what it was. I mean, you know, obviously it wasn't too far out. It was an 11-point game at the end of the day. But uh, I just uh, – yeah, Notre Dame's defense is good. They got a solid team. They'll be – I mean, they'll be fine. You know, I don't know if they're right. going to be able to run the table back. But, you know, they obviously – that was a big test for them. And I think Ohio, Ohio State will be fine too. They did – you know, for whatever reason – And that's reason, a they, loss that's, that's really not going to hurt you, right? You're losing to the number two team in the country or number three team, whatever it was. I mean, if you're a top five team and you're losing to a top five team, that's really not hurting you at the end of the day. I mean, it's a loss, but it's not if like Notre you're losing Dame, to Notre Dame team runs, or some shit like that. If Notre Dame somehow runs the table, they would be right back in things. But I don't. I mean, I don't know if that's even possible. Yeah, they'll be them. in the mix. Um, number one, Bama rolled. Of course, they played a nobody. Um, Unranked Florida upset number seven Utah 29-26. Uh Florida State beat LSU last night with a blocked field goal at the end. Um, and they had blocked a couple kicks, extra points or whatever earlier in the game. So um 
Ooh, Brian Kelly. What a way to start a new year with a new team, right? Ugh. He's uh Yeah, oof. I mean, I was happy. I'm not a Brian Kelly fan. Yeah, so. me neither, me neither. Um personally I thought they should have changed quarterbacks, but well, I don't know if y'all watched the very end, but that was botched at the end, right? Oh yeah. Because the play the play call, or not the play call, the um call at the end of the game was knee down inbounds at the two or three, whatever wherever he was at. Right. That which, should have been a runoff, right? Well, not not a runoff. Because I heard this today from one of the officials. I, I forget who it was, but head officials. The, they made the correct call, knee down, out of bounds. But what they should have done is spot the ball on my signal. The clock starts, and there's no way right. that you're going to get a playoff. You, you, you don't you don't get a free play. Right, you don't get that free play, which, which is, is why it. when they didn't call that, that's why Florida State called. The timeout because they're like, if you're going to get right. them I was one play, the same we're going like, to get our defense. Why, why are you calling a timeout? All you're doing is helping them. Well, that was it because they didn't think they were going to get. You know, they were giving them one play either way. So he's like, I'm going to go ahead and call a timeout and get my defense set here. If you're going to give them a play, I'm right. going to burn it timeout. Been, right, it should have been as soon as I blew the whistle. Been. Well, right. and in that situation, like they were saying, like as soon as he blew the whistle, that, that's the hike, right? There is no cadence. As soon as the whistle right. blows, so you're hiking the damn ball. It, it, it's all it narrowed down to is they got the first down. You spot the ball, stop the clock until the ball started, and then it starts on the signal. That's what it should have been. And for whatever reason, I don't know why they didn't do it that way. But because if you, you can even look at Brian Kelly, he's telling his center, "You got to snap the, this the thing." Whistle, yeah. right. The whistle is the cadence. Yeah, you got to snap this thing as soon as they blow the whistle because you can't wait. And um, yeah, so some bad officiating as far as that goes, but. I guess it worked out with Florida State um, blocking the kick again. Um, I tell you, Jared Burst, man, he looked good, right? He, he looked. Did good. he not? Coming from Albany, transfer right. from Albany. He he, 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 look, he looked like a man amongst boys out there. And that was something I kind of looked back at during the summer. You know, when I saw he transferred, and I was like, yeah, you know, he kind of dominated his last year at Albany, but this is a big jump, jumping from there right. to. To Division One football and ACC, right? And he looked the part, though. He did. He looked yeah. the part last night. He looked really good. Um, thoughts on Utah? Their specifically their defense. Um, not I didn't what everybody thinks, game. or uh, it was. Um, well, they, I they think, really had I mean, no answer for Richardson because I was he say, was Richardson's a great, a good. He's very athletic. He's mobile, and so I think he's going to give any defense fits, right? I didn't. I didn't watch that game, but just right. having watched Richardson in the past, I feel like um, that's like he's gonna. No matter who it is, he's gonna give their defense fits, right? R Richardson. Right. And, 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 Richardson is a guy that when he steps on the football field, he's probably the best athlete on the field. Right. Yeah. I, guess I don't most think teams, he's gonna so. threaten you as much with his arm because he doesn't. There's still. Right, he does. He does, he does. But there's still room for growth. Right? It's going to be his. I think it's going to be his legs. If he can run for a hundred plus yards and three touchdowns, Florida's going to be in a lot of freaking games, right? Well, but just to respect that creates it. May, it makes it makes easier passing opportunities for him. So he doesn't have to be a a great passer to 
take advantage of that, you know. So right. I mean the the NFL the NFL scouts are going to be drooling over him. I think. I mean, if Trey Lance so. can be a what if Trey Lance can be what a third overall pick or whatever he was, the, That's yeah. True. And I've heard that Richardson is already being looked at as a early or not early, but a first round pick. So Kuiper had him as his fifteenth player overall. Um, hmm. He doesn't have a to me. He doesn't have Lance's arm. Right, but. and I think that's where he's kind of lacking is in the passing. Not that he's completely horrible, but he's got to show growth there in the passing game, I think. And maybe that's a lack of receiving I mean, or whatever. A, but you think his passing is at least as good as Jalen Hurts? No, I don't think it's. I, I'm, like, when I say passing, like I don't like he doesn't have his arm. He doesn't have his arm strength. Arm you strength. know, like I mean, Lance can Lance can freaking fling it, man. And I don't, no, I don't see it, that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I see that in in Richardson yet, you know, granted I haven't watched a ton. So, but I think, uh, I mean, Hertz is probably, I think a fair, a fair comparison, but it's I think, close, but I think Hertz a, is a better quarterback all around. I think in my, uh, just in my opinion, Richardson, I, well, I was going to say Richard Richardson is a better athlete. Richardson is a better runner. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, Couple other uh, things here. Iowa won seven three over South Dakota State, and not in the traditional way, right? It took a field goal right. and two safeties to come up with this seven. I think they said the last time that happened was like early, early two thousands. Um, if you like defense, that was the game to watch. I'm telling you, um, pretty good game there. And then, uh, congrats to you, Justice. Your uh, Monarchs. With the upset this past weekend, twenty to yeah. seventeen over uh, Virginia Tech, our buddy. They beat those Virginia Tech Hokies, buddy. That's it was right. it was actually it was a good game. I mean, I think we won because of Tech's mistakes. Um, Grant Wells threw four picks, which is that's Grant Wells, right? Like, if you've watched Grant Wells, that's what he does. He'll make two great plays and then five shitty ones. Um, <laughs> right. And then and then they lost. They uh the they hiked a uh, uh field goal try over everyone's head, and ODU picked it up and returned that for a touchdown. So yeah, they, 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 I mean, Virginia. I'll, I'll say this: Virginia Tech looks bad. I don't. I, they'll be they'll be lucky to win two or three games in the ACC. Yeah, they're definitely their, their defense. Their defense was good. Their defense yep. wasn't bad, but their offense was their offense was not good. And the, you can say the same about ODU. ODU's defense played lights out, but the offense was not not great. Right. Um, Kent State senior safety Dean Clark, and no, I'm not saying that, Chop, was expected <laughs> to be the leader of the secondary this season, but the former Massillon High School star ruptured his Achilles back on the first day of winter conditioning. And head coach Sonla said that Clark has been attacking his rehab and could return for Mac play. Um, you were talking about this was the first you'd heard of it, right, Justice? And well, I didn't know about that's it. That's the until thing. Choppy Chop, said something to me about it. I think yesterday. Yeah, I, I mean, either, with these college injuries, else. you don't hear much about some of these injuries, right? Unless well, it's especially just a on superstar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you never hear anything, and you can even search for it. And you don't find it, you know. So I mean, it it is well, what it is. Even, 
even the article I did find, it was only only came out like two or three days ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't. I mean, it's you know frustrating for the kid. Hopefully he, uh, you know, gets back in and you know is ready to go sometime this season, or I guess he gets another red shirt and he'll be back there next year as a. I don't know if he'd be a super super senior that year or what. So. Right. Um, speaking of injuries, last night, if you watched the game, LSU defensive tackle Mason Smith tore his ACL in the game versus FSU, and he did it kind of celebrating the play. He was jumping up and down, celebrating, and boom, um, <laughs> which was just – that's unfortunate, right? I mean, I hate to say any see anybody get hurt or whatever, but um, a freak thing like that, that's just – you know, it's one thing to be actually playing and, and making a play or whatever and get hurt, but just something silly as a celebration and you're done, that you got to feel for him, right? Because he was just, like I said, celebrating the play, enjoying the moment, and unfortunately got hit with an injury that's probably going to keep him out for the season, I, I would imagine. So, that's torn ACL. Yeah, he's done for the year. Yeah. So. Kind of reminds me of the, uh, I don't remember which one it was. Is one of the Grammaticas that kicked for the, I think the oh, Bucks yeah. back in the day, tore his Almatica, ACL. So, <laughs> tore his ACL celebrating a made, a made field goal. All right, and then we've got some Week One observations, Justice. Uh, well, we've we talked about some of the ones already. The the one uh, one thing I guess I would add is, so I was really interested to see how Oklahoma State would rotate their defensive linemen. Um, because Trace Ford is back this year. He didn't play last year. So I looked at snap counts. Um, I looked at snap counts last year, and then I looked at game one. So last year, uh, the top three in snap counts were Tyler Lacey with 67%, Brock Martin with 65%, and then Colin Oliver with 40%. I went back and looked at the snap counts for week one, and it's pretty daggone close to what it was last year. Um Brock Martin had 67%. Tyler Lacey had 64%. Colin Oliver had 32%. And Trace Ford had 22%. So, the, the, I guess the good news, what, what, what I was a little concerned about was with the more rotation, would it hurt Oliver's numbers? And it would appear, you know, it's not any different than what he produced those same numbers on last year. So, my conclusion is there's no concern. Right. And Brock Martin was, a, he's what, a six year guy, I think, with the uh, the COVID year now. Um, not a bad player for them, right? Um, 41 career games, 103 tackles, 26 and a half TFLs, and 11 and a half sacks coming into this year. So, you know, while players like Oliver are getting the big name publicity, there is guys like Martin that you could add to your IDP rosters that are going to make an impact. And I think he's Not, a beneficiary of having a player like Oliver on the outside, on the other side of him. To me, I think the bigger concern is the Oklahoma State defense looked like trash. Oh, they did look rough. They gave up, what, 30 – what was it, 34? Is that right? Yeah. Something like well, that. Well, they so, – they, Weren't they up big, and then there was a bunch of 
They still did. I didn't think they looked that good. Garbage time stuff. I mean, I, I don't know how many defenses look good week one, you know, outside of <laughs> true. Well, normally, <laughs> well, normally, I think normally it's the defenses are ahead of the offense, is what I. Is, well, you know. I think you still see a lot of problems with missed tackles and, you know, blowing assignments as teams are trying to, you know, work themselves out and stuff. I'm not, I mean, Oklahoma State was, I mean, I think they were. By college football standards, they were pretty solid last year, and I think I think they were, like I said they were very good last year. Huh? I think I think they have a new D coordinator this year. I think so, weren't they too, pretty? Yeah. Did they? I don't know, but I, th- I, mean, I think they did. Yeah, we're looking for players that perform and get tackles and sacks and things like yeah. that. You know, so if they're on the field a ton, that's more opportunities for for them. Yeah, for guys. For sure. <clears throat> yep, I agree. Any other observations you got there? Uh, just I don't have any. You have anything, Chuck? What do you got to me? What do you got, Hollywood? Um, there was some Iowa's defense is kind of what we thought they would be, right? With Jack Campbell and Riley Moss and and those guys, Lucas Van Ness. Um, so I think they're going to be in a lot of games if that defense can play like that. Um, I thought Utah's defense wasn't what I expected, right? You hear all this Ooh. preseason hype with Clark Phillips and, and those guys. And, was Diabate, uh, was he the linebacker, starting linebacker for him? He, he was, and he, he had some good, good plays, right? But um, Diabate stinks. They had – like he's, they just had no answer for Richardson running the ball. That, that was, but it, you see, how, but who's going to have an answer? For Richardson? <coughs> it's true. There's maybe two, true. There, he's, there's a big, maybe, he's a big guy that can run. Right? There's two teams in college football that probably haven't answered for Richardson. And, you know, so I don't know if that's a fair comp. I don't, I mean, but let's be honest. They only gave up 29 points at Florida. I mean, in this day and age, I mean, that's really not a bad defensive game in college football. Well, yeah, exactly. Considering you know, what North Carolina App State did, right? Sixty, oh, what? Four sixty-one. Yeah, they gave 40, up forty points, points in the fourth, in the fourth quarter. quarter. That's so insane. I don't, I don't know if they played that bad. I mean, watching that game, I mean, Cole Bishop's a freaking beast. I mean, yes. I mean, if I, I don't know if I, I can't remember what I put on my All American list, but man, he's gonna, he's gonna roll up some stats back there for him this year. That kid's all over the freaking place. Um, yeah. for him. So sorry, I'm raining on your. Uh, your insights, Hollywood. No, you're fine. You're fine. That's what people. That's what people tune in for, right? They they want to hear the disagreements. If we all agreed on everything, they'd never listen to us. So, um, I just think Utah's defense was kind of coming off of last year, right? People pushed them up higher than maybe they should be, and maybe this was a one week fluke, right? I mean, we see it all the time. Maybe from this point forward, they lock it down and they run the freaking table and have one of the best defenses in college. And like you said, 29 points to Florida at the Swamp. That's pretty good considering the way college football is now. When They, they were missing Dillinger 50, too, right? Points, I believe he so. Didn't play. He didn't play. Didn't, yeah, he got hurt early or something because he – He's one of their better linemen. So. He didn't do it. I mean, I think their problems to be a linebacker. I mean, they're going to miss – I think Lloyd obviously Lloyd. huge. Yeah. I mean, they're starting um, – I think that I think the the freshman Barton kid started for him, um, along with Diabati and, and and maybe it'll it'll even out some. But yeah, I don't. I mean, obviously they're probably a little bit behind last year, but I think they'll still be fine. I mean, 
Yep. I just, uh, you know, Phil, Phillips is still a good player, and you know they, they got a lot of talent on that defense, and like sometimes it it just takes a week, and I mean they they're not going to see another quarterback like Anthony Richardson the rest of the year, right? So yeah, exactly. Did um, um you you want me to go over some fantasy points for the leagues? I guess. Sure, sure. So I'll start with the the uh, Debbie IDP grind listener league. The top scoring linebacker was Jacoby Winman with 30 points. Um, Chop owns him. The top scoring D lineman was Lonnie Phelps. Hollywood owns him. Boom. And uh, the top scoring defensive back was Malik Shorts with 27 points. And Daffett owns him. Uh, in Brock's leagues, let's see, Campus to Canton League, the top-scoring linebacker was Shane Lee, owned by Alabama. Top-scoring defensive back was Kalen Bullock from USC, also owned by Alabama, had 29.3 points. And the top lineman was Levi Bell, Penn State. He's owned by Penn State, plays for Texas State, had 21 points. Uh, in Legends, the top-scoring linebacker, again, Jacoby Winman, 30 points. Top-scoring defensive back, Kalen Bullock, 29.3. And the top-scoring defensive lineman was B.J. Ogilary with 16 points. So those are the those were the top guys this week across the leagues that we're in. The um, – Hollywood took a break. I'll go. There's a, there's an IDP league that I'm in that these guys aren't in. The top scoring linebacker in that league was Dax Holyfield from Virginia Tech with 34.5 points. Top scoring defensive back was Malik Shorts um, with 26 points. And the top scoring lineman was Jordan Ferguson um, from Middle Tennessee with 25 points. Interesting. Interesting. And some of the different names um, for the different leagues, right? I know Chops leagues are kind of, or Brock's leagues are kind of set up a little different from ours in the listener league. Um, and it's also like who people start, right? Because they aren't started right. in a certain league, then it's, they're not going to show up. So, Yeah. And, and, and maybe some of these are names that you, if you're playing IDP, hopefully listening to us, you know, hopefully we can, put you on the right, like Jalen Ferguson for Middle Tennessee State. Not a lot of people are going to know that name, right? You, Lonnie Phelps not a lot for of people. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest. I kind of heard some news a few weeks ago that, you know, he was just, just scouring around, and he was having a good spring for them and this, that, and the other. And I thought, you know, I went back and looked, and he's a transfer from Miami of Ohio. Had a pretty decent year for them last year. I think it was like eight and a half sacks. And I was like – Okay, Kansas is probably going to trail in a lot of games, you know. Um, but there's some early matchups maybe they can take advantage of, and I got lucky this week, and he did. So, um, but, yeah, I think this is a good idea to maybe with some of our leagues, right, announce yeah. some of these top scores to get it out there so other fantasy managers can uh, look for them. Anybody, any of those names stand out to you guys or – 
maybe somebody you didn't know, or maybe somebody you's like, well, this is. I, 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 I don't know anything about kind of jumped out. I don't know anything about that guy from Texas State. <laughs> Bell? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. I think he was fairly decent for him for stretches last year. I mean. You know, the thing is, is that like some of these guys, it's like, the, you know, do you want to get caught up in the week one overreaction, right? And and see, I mean, I, there's certain, you know, like Jacoby Winman had a huge game, but that was against Western Michigan or Central Michigan. Right, that's not like, a, that's not a shocker, I wouldn't think, right? Well, I think going, I, I think if you're thinking that's to be predicted what he's going to do against Big Ten competition. Oh, it, sure, sure. You're, you're in, you're in right. for I mean, the the one name I guess it's not a shocker, but it's it's uh, I guess is Shane Lee, right? Like, I don't think we really knew what he would do it for USC. Well, but, but I mean, it, his numbers his true. numbers were boosted by an interception return return for a touchdown, for a touchdown. Too. Yeah. and and that's true. if he does that again this season, what are the odds of that? So yeah, because he only had he only had eight tackles. So yeah, so I mean. You, you want to look into that stuff and, and figure out, you know, I mean, like right now I'm looking for guys. If, if I'm going back through looking to see who I want to pick up, I'm looking for guys that had, that had the tackles, right. They had, you know, whatever they are, maybe some sack numbers and stuff. Cause I mean, some other things that might. Looks like the high tackle guy was Malik shorts, at least in the league where he was, people started him. That might uh, influence this stuff up and down. Isn't aren't I mean, what's I mean? What did uh, Whitman have? Four sacks or three sacks or something like that? I I can't. My sister. I want to say it's four. Can't see that. I can only see solo tackles and assisted tackles. So, but I want to say it's four. I you know, but either way, like he he might have four the rest of the season, right? So, you know, I, like I said, it's the it's week one. You know, so I I, I just you know you don't want to go. You don't want to go too ditch to ditch on some stuff. If there's guys right. you like that didn't right. produce, I mean, maybe this was their one bad week. And, and when I say Malik Shorts was the high tackle guy, he was the high solo tackle guy. He had eleven solos, which is definitely what you want, right? If you if you're in leagues that kind of separate solos and assisted tackles as far as scoring, that's uh, that's huge. Yeah. Huge. Um, Huge. That's what she said. Um, the other guy I see with double-digit solo tackles is B.J. Williamson from Louisiana Tech. So that this is a perfect segue into our defense. And he's a corner. Of the, he is sorry, a corner. <laughs> sorry. That's fine. It's fine. Well, it's funny so that both, both the top two ta- solo tackle guys are both DBs. <laughs> yeah, but they're going to they're go for tracing that because who knows if it's going to happen again, right? Right. So anyway, uh, what are you what are you trying to say, Hollywood? Perfect segue into our defensive player of the week picks, right? Um, so Brock, you're up first, and I went. I just went alphabetically, and uh, I see your uh, silly comment. But go ahead with your <laughs> defensive player of the week. Go ahead. So I went with uh, Ivan Pace Jr. Uh, he's transferring to Cincinnati this year. He had 12 tackles, six solos, so six assists. Three and a half tackles for a loss and one sack in his debut for Cincinnati. Um, I think there was some. I mean, me myself, I'll admit I was kind of concerned if you know what his role was going to be in that Cincinnati defense. But I mean, him putting up that against uh, Arkansas Week One. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's pretty safe to say he's probably LB one there. Uh, yeah. It looks like you know. So 
Um, and my, my little snarky comment, it's the guy that I cut that's better than any player Hollywood has ever rostered. And I'll stand by that. So, <laughs> and you, you, you traded you traded me his brother, and his brother didn't have that great a game. I think he had three tackles, I believe, or something like that. Yeah, his brother's a safety, right? No, yeah, they're both linebackers. linebackers. Oh, yeah. they're linebackers. Okay, they got a pretty deep linebacking linebacking core right now at Cincinnati. So, um, I mean, my my hesitation with pace with with Ivan Pace was I didn't know how it was gonna how it was all gonna shake out, you know, and so. Uh, you know, based on week one, I was wrong and probably should have just held ground with him. And we'll see. I mean, the kid balled out last year for, uh, I want to say Miami, Ohio. Yeah, that's right. Um, yep. And so I, I think he, you know, maybe makes that transition well. Then doing that against an SEC school, I mean, he's probably going to have a pretty stinking good year. So, Daryl. I don't know who Daryl right. is. Who's Daryl? <laughs> so my player of the week, defensive player of the week, was we kind of touched on him earlier. Was defensive end Alani Phelps of Kansas, seven tackles, four solos, um, four TFLs, three sacks, transfer from Miami of Ohio, and I will not read your little comment on that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, kind of a, a breakout game for him there at Kansas. Um, you know, like I said, switching over from Miami of Ohio to the Big 12, that's a little bit of a boost or a step up in competition. Um, and he performed well, right? I mean, that's kind of what you're looking for is you're looking for those guys that can do it. Now, is he going to do that every week? I wouldn't expect it. But if you play the matchups, uh, they've got – every school's got those, what, two, three games, gimme games – homecoming games, if you will. Um, those are the type well, they, of games I'm looking to play him in. They played Tennessee Tech. Exactly. Where, where is Tennessee Tech? You should know. It's in Nashville, Crossville. So, yeah. Can't use but that, I mean, that, yeah, the, uh, but that's what you're looking for, right? I mean, you're not looking – to get this every week, but if you can get these cup kept games and you can get these guys in there, that's big points for your fancy teams. Yep. Um, Justice, your player of the week, everybody. All right. So mine is a homer pick, but at least he homer has, pick. He, he, did, he has the he did have he has he had the stats to break to back it up. So my yes. pick was line my uh, my pick was linebacker Jason Henderson from Old Dominion. Now, ESPN has him with 16 tackles. The school is crediting him with 18 tackles and saying it's a school record. Um, but ESPN says 16 tackles, 14 of them assisted, one tackle for loss, and he had two pass breakups. One of those pass breakups led to an interception for his teammate. Um, awesome. Choppy's comment was he jumped on a pile 14 times. So, <laughs> I mean, I know, I know me and me and me and Hollywood, I was actually at the game. Hollywood was watching the game and he yes. was all over the field. He was all over oh, the field. Gosh, he, yeah. it, it, it reminded me of Jackson Mitchell the week before for UConn yep. when they played Utah State. I mean, he was just, if there was a tackle, he was in there. So, yep. you know, I'm, I'm not surprised. Call him- that he had so many assists, but I'm going to call him Jason the Pile Jumper Henderson. <laughs> pile Jumper, there you go. <laughs> but I mean, the, the kid, the kid's a ball player. 
And yeah, you know, if you, he, I mean, if he, you listen, to, if you listen to us two weeks ago, they was a play. He was there. If you, if you listened to us two weeks ago, I talked about him when we did the Sun Belt preview that he was someone I was excited about. Like, you know, as a, I mean, of course, I'm an old Dominion fan, so that's a homer. But right. yeah, I mean, he had 72 tackles I think last year, and he didn't start. So right, and what he, he's he's, you, he's, you, he's gonna be a stud, at least on the college. When you have a player that that balls out like that, it's okay to for him to be your homer pick, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was. Um, what was it? I also saw. Um, that is the second Division One win for ODU, right? And the last time. Uh, that is the second Virginia. group of second group of five win. Yes. Yeah, group of five win, and the last time was. Also against Virginia they, they've Tech. only beat Virginia Tech, but here, here's another thing. They they've beat Virginia. I think the stat is they have been, beat Virginia Tech more times in the last 18 years than UVA has. Wow. Wow. That is something. So yeah, you tech has owned UVA. And, and I'm with look, you. Their their offense look bad. Putrid. Yeah. Well, and, and, and you know, it, it, ODU has it, their schedule is going to allow them to. They they will play every FBS team in the state of Virginia. We play UVA in two weeks. We play Liberty the week after UVA, and then we play JMU in conference. So we will play every single FBS team in the state. And I think that JMU game is going. That's going to be a good game. That's going to be a freaking good game. Did you? I, I didn't watch any of the game against Middle Tennessee with JMU, but. I was shocked at the score of that game. Like it was like Jam, you played a high school team. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Middle Tennessee. It was like forty-four to three or something. Yeah, it's a home Middle Tennessee State when they step out of their conference. It's basically a a homecoming game, right? And JMU stepping up a class, Old Dominion stepping up a class. Um, I think those two. That's that's going to be a really good game later in the year to watch. Yep, I think it's the next to the last game of the year. Yep. Um, I got to get off this private chat. Choppy and his his mess over there. He's, he's sidetracking me. Um, so we're going to try to bring you our defensive players of the week picks every week. Uh, hopefully you'll enjoy those. It's putting some notice on some names that maybe you didn't know about that can help your fantasy teams. So we're going to try to do that each week. And now we're on to, before we get to our five-star topic, um, we're going to do one of our sponsors, actually 24-7 Sports, um, locally owned gambling site for Tennesseans, by Tennesseans, got all the big odds, just like the big boys, payouts the same day. Um, you can bet on anything, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, um, boxing, um, Darts, ping pong, you name it, they got it. Uh, go check them out. Even AAA baseball, WNBA. So go check them out. Use the promo code Hollywood100. And if it's your first initial bet or deposit, sorry, if you use the promo code, they're going to match it up to 400. So if you put in 400, they're going to give you 400. That's 800 bucks on an initial deposit. You're not going to find those kind of odds anywhere else. Um, so go check them out. And, um, of course, when you do that, you're helping us cover some costs with podcasting, stuff like that. So we appreciate it. Um, but go check them out. Uh, and we want to thank MFL, too. 
because uh, they're doing they're sponsoring our Canton side of our listener league, um, along with some IDP Nation leagues. So we thank them for that. If you play uh, IDP Fancy, they're the best in the business. Um, I know there's some issues with some of these true position changes, right, Chop? I know you know what I'm talking about. But um, you get what you pay for as far as help on anything. And it's I, I think they're by far the best uh, fantasy site for IDP. Um, so our five-star topic this week, we're going to do a breakdown of four players that we've watched film on this week. And we're going to discuss them. We're going to give you our assessment on the film we've watched, our thoughts on their outlook, and so forth. Um, so we're going to start with Nicholas Harbor. Um, currently undecided at the moment of where he's going. He's an edge, 6'5", 225, uh, a five-star, ninety nine point or point ninety nine four eight composite score by 247. Um, number one athlete in the 2023 class. Um, Rob, I'll start with you on this one. Start with me. I didn't even realize we were doing him tonight. Um, <laughs> okay. I got you. I'm here. I got my stuff. So, uh, you know, like, so I, I think the thing I realized when I'm watching him, you can obviously tell that he's like, he's just a freak, right? I mean, he's, you know, whatever you said, 6'5", 250 or 230, um, has probably, if he wanted to, Olympic ability <laughs> at the 100 meter. <laughs> um, I don't have it in here, but didn't, didn't he run like a 10-2 or something like that or um, something yeah, crazy he's fast. For, a, for a kid in a, as a junior, right? So yeah. you're looking at a 16-year-old kid or 17-year-old kid that's running that anyway. So um, I, I think as an athlete, I mean, obviously he's the most intriguing athlete in this class, and that's why he's probably ranked number one at that. Um, you know, you, you just it jumps out on tape like just how much better he is than everybody that they're playing against. I, I I'm not as familiar with that school that he plays with up in uh, at DC in that in that area, um, but it. You know, I kind of wonder how, you know, what class level it's against and stuff. Um, I tried to find some of his camp things. I didn't really see a whole lot, which might be due to his track schedule. Maybe he can't do some of that stuff. But uh, I don't know. I mean, the you know, the, the, the speed rush off the side, he's actually got a decent bull rush when he goes to it. Um, probably some question about what side of the ball he's going to wind up on, I believe, at this point. Um, you know, I, I think he, to me, he projects better as like, a as an edge guy, but man, being that big and fast, I mean, I, someone's going to fall, could fall in love with that as a, as maybe a receiver or a tight end or something on it in college. So he doesn't seem nearly as comfortable playing on the offensive side of the ball to me in, in what I watched. So I don't know, but I mean, very interesting. I think he needs to go to a school that has, for him and for his long-term production, like has a, has a history of kind of developing edges and stuff. Cause I think he needs to work on his toolbox some and, you know, probably improve his strength, uh, you know, and, and couple some of these things with that, that elite speed that he has right now. 
Right. And I think um, when uh, Justice brought this guy up a few weeks ago, we all kind of looked at it a little bit. And I think we're all we're in agreement. He's a size speed freak, right? Um, gets off the line and his speed is amazing. Um, at the high school, high school level, that's going to get amplified because he's probably the best player on the field, right? So uh, when he makes the jump to college where the talent gap closes, I'll be interested to see, is he still going to be able to perform that well? Um, he seems on defense, he seems to play better with his hand or standing up rather than playing with his hand in the dirt. Um, got a decent bull rush. And I think if you get him in the weight room and add to his power or his power to speed, and he, he could really be a handful at the next level. Um, and you were talking about him being probably more of a outside linebacker edge guy than he is offense. And the thing I saw in offense, he always lined up in the slot. Uh, and you said it perfectly. He seems more comfortable defense than he does on offense. So um, depending on where he lands, right, the height, weight, speed, is intriguing for offense maybe as a tight end, but I, th I think for me, I would rather have him on defense and kind of polish up his game there. Justice, up to you. Um, you know, kind of I saw the same things. He's he's a great athlete. He's just, he's just not very polished as far as a football player. Um, right. I think – you know he needs to focus on that and focus on the one position. He doesn't. He doesn't have a lot of technique. He's you know I think like you said, how he bull rushes almost every time. Um, and like if someone else was like putting up a fight, you could tell like at least the game that I watched, there was a play. The player he was playing against was not nearly as talented, but he put up a fight and kind of gave him fits, you know. And um, so I think his rating is based on his potential not where he is today. Um, and like, I think he's, you're going to be, if you do, if he's someone that you pick up, I think you're going to be patient with him because it's going to take yep. some time. I think for him to develop, he's going to need that time. And like you said, getting into a, a top tier school where he can't just strictly win on his athletic ability and speed. It's going to force that development. I think he needs to develop, too, but I but I I think he can make an impact from week one or like from day one in college, just based on his, you know, as a situational pass rusher kind of thing and a guy that you sure if he can just you, pin you know, his ear back and go, yeah, yeah, you you pick his spots for him, you know, I mean, you know, in the obvious passing downs, right, you know, like third and twelve or something like that, right, where right he just has to rip it and let it go. I mean, I, he I mean he's he's a kid that I could see like is freshman year has like seven sacks and only plays like 20% of the snaps <laughs> just because of right, right. when they're throwing him out there or something, you right. know? So, and I think he's, he's crystal balled right now to South Carolina, I believe. Yes. That's the last lay I saw on him is, yeah. is what they're thinking. So who knows if that'll stick or not. Right. And, and like Justice and, said, that was watching the game. The, the one game that I watched the full game of, the kid that he was facing a lot didn't have the same size or speed, right? It was purely 100% yeah. effort, and he was giving him some issues. So, you know, at the next level, that's that's something you're going to have to correct because players are going to be better. So you're you're 
if effort is a problem, um, well, and, and, that's, and the that's not thing, good that somebody's going to out effort you. I get he's more talented, but you got to put that effort in for me. Well, and the other thing I wonder too is where where does track lie in his future plans, and what yes. right, and what does that's he want to do? Right. Huge concern, you know, because yes. but, well, but he, I, he wants to play both. He wants to do football and track at college. So, which I mean, that 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 track in the spring, I mean, that's gonna that's gonna impact a lot of his development, you know, and things that he, you know, and, and some yeah. of the that off season work that he gets and stuff, and um, you know, because I mean, it, like I said, you know, a ten a ten two or whatever as a sixteen or seventeen year old, I mean, that's a kid that. I mean, three years from now, I mean, he could be running for the United States Olympic team if that's the, you know, the the focus he wants to go and, you know, is it, 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 it continues that trajectory for him. So I guess, you know, what what's he want to do on that? And, you know, maybe that's why he likes South Carolina right now, because they're like, yeah, you come here to play football. We don't give a shit what else you do. We just want you on the football field. Right. And, oh, yeah, you can run track. And, you know, is that what's best for him? NFL wise or future wise, who knows, right? So, right, yeah, that's I think that's a big thing nowadays. You know, what you know before you were kind of tied into you had to pick, right? You know, pick baseball or basketball or football, whatever you're into. I think with everything going on nowadays, you know, NIL and so on, so forth. Sure, you want to be a track star? We can we can help you with that. Um, you know, we don't care. Like Chop said, we don't care what you're doing as uh, long as you're on the football field for us. So if you want to run track or whatever and be an Olympic star or, or try to be an Olympic star, then, yeah, we'll support that. So, um, yeah, I mean, if South, South Carolina can land him, that's a, that's a big get for them, I believe. Um. Moving along here, our next one up is Abdul Carter, Penn State linebacker. He's a freshman this year, outside linebacker, 6'3", 235, um, .9028, 247. Composite score, he's a four-star, 287-rank overall, 28 at the position, and ranks 10th in the state of Pennsylvania last year's 2022 recruiting class. Um, Brock, this was yours, so we'll let you start here. Yeah, we'll just keep on starting with me. It's fine. <laughs> um, so the, the things I noticed, I, I noticed with him, like you know, so I guess some positive things like that. I, I think he's pretty athletic for you know a kid that's six three, two thirty five. Um, you know, seems like he moves well. He's pretty fast. Can change directions. Uh, you know, I, I noticed on what the games I watched, he's he doesn't quit. You know, he's got one of those motors, and he just kind of keeps going. Um, I don't know if he's an edge or a linebacker. I I, I could see I could see a role for him in either. Um, I I, I kind of think that edge might be where he winds up. Um, you know, and someone that that plays on the outside for him, but uh, you know. He he can hit, man. I I he had some plays there too. Where I mean, he 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 is not afraid to blow somebody up. He's very physical at the point of attack. Uh, something he needs to. I if he stays at linebacker, I didn't really like was his coverage. It looked like both man and zone. He 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 wants to go after the ball. 
<laughs> so if the ball's not coming, uh, he goes after the quarterback and kind of abandons some of his responsibility. And then uh, in the run game, one of the things that, you know, which made me think that maybe he winds up his edge is he kind of get, he gets caught up in traffic and, you know, doesn't play that down really downhill for a, for a linebacker. So, uh, but I think he's a kid I really like, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see with him going to uh, Penn state, what it looks like. Like I said, he's got, you know, come out of college, he had, or come out of high school, I should say he had a, you know, some, some four or five, 40 times reported, you know, for that size is pretty good and four, four shuttles. So like I said, I think he's plenty athletic to, do either position, you know, I, I just, as I watch him, I know he's listed as a linebacker. I just wonder if he might not wind up as an edge there for him. Um, you know, maybe in the, you know, lines of some of the players they've had on the outside there, you know, doing that role as opposed to being a, a, a straight up linebacker for him. So go to whoever justice. Um, yep. Justice. So, like the, the stuff I watched, he appears to enjoy contact. He did, he does once once he decides he's going to pursue something, he's pretty physical. Um, he looks to have good speed and burst. Uh, I don't know if Choppy mentioned his speed, but he runs a four four five forty. Um, I feel like he does need to get a little bit bigger and stronger. Um, he definitely has a frame. He's very tall. I think he's like six four, so he he can definitely do that. Um, again, I felt the same way. I think he's either going to be an outside linebacker or an edge. Uh, edge or defensive end, I think that all that's all going to depend on how much weight he puts on. Um, sometimes to me, he seemed to be indecisive, or or maybe it's he's taking him longer to make his read or what he's going to do. But like I said earlier, when he does make that read, that's when his uh, speed and his burst shows. I did not find a lot of video of him in coverage. Um, what I did see. Seemed like he he was he was decent to pretty good in zone coverage because he's so tall. Um, I didn't see a whole lot of him in man coverage to form an opinion. I don't really want to base an opinion. I mean, what I did see, I didn't think he looked that great. Um, like sometimes he was passive, um, but he definitely has athletic traits, and I think he can develop into a really good player. But I think if he's going to play linebacker. It might take a little bit longer for him to develop. Um, he did make it into the game on Saturday. He was in there for one play, and he got called for targeting, and it was ejected. So <laughs> didn't really take too much from that. That's the kind of guy you like. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I mean, I will say the one play looked it, it, it looked like what I saw in high school. So that was good, I guess, right? Well, and one of the things too about him at at Penn State, I mean they they've already they they've given him that number eleven, right? Michael Parsons' yep. old number. Well, mm. and that was uh, Aaron can wear that too, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Big shoes right. to fill right there. Yeah, you know. So stepping into that, obviously they they feel like there's something there. I mean, that, there's probably guys between those two that wore it that no one ever talks about. So, right for sure. Yeah, and and my assessment was kind of the same thing as what you guys said, right? The speed stands out. Um, he's he's like a read and go linebacker that plays through traffic extremely well. That was one thing watching the one of the games that I watched. He never really got caught up in traffic. He always kind of seemed to navigate through that and wind up with the right angle. Right with his speed, he he could make up for a lot of that. Um, 
I did see there was a few times, and there was one in particular, um, when the offensive lineman got locked onto him and he kind of froze and the running back cut right back through the hole for a touchdown. That's got to be something he's got to fix. He's got to learn to shed off that that block and stop that. Um, and like I said, his speed and his acceleration is really good. Stands out on tape. Uh, when he makes that read and sees where he's going, his acceleration and burst just pops right there. So has good bounce, good athleticism. And I was waiting for one of you two to say this. He has an awkward lumbering look to him. And I was watching some of the games. I watched two different games. And then I went and watched a, uh, I guess it's a Penn State podcast or whatever, where they were breaking him down. And I didn't quite notice it at the time. But when I went back and watched the game, you could see it. He's got a like a side-to-side lumbering, heavy foot motion. And the way they exp- explained it, it's almost like he's trying to break down at the same time while he's running when he gets there. So, Right. It's the way he I runs that makes it look that way. Yes. It, it's, it's kind of awkward. And I think if you can clear that up, I think he's going to be faster than what we actually see. So – um, well, if just, any school that will get any nuance to get the best like athletic performance out of a player is Penn State, right? Right. Um, I think he looks more comfortable standing up at outside linebacker or in the middle than he does an edge, even though he has the frame to possibly transition to an edge. Um, and then like uh, Justice said, zone coverage because he's so big and tall, He's a factor there, right? Uh, disrupts a lot of passes. Um, pretty smart kid uh, getting into that zone. He knows what he's supposed to do, so he he attacks it very well. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they try to bump him up at some point into that edge defensive end type deal. Um, for me, I think you leave him – kind of middle linebacker, right? And I guess it kinds of kind of depends on how he develops in the weight room and, and on the field and stuff like that. But for now, I think he's a linebacker. I don't think you try to put him up on the line where he's an, a true edge. I think you leave him back and let him play that way. Um, y'all are not disagreeing with me, so we'll move on. Uh <laughs> So here's Justice's guy, uh, Jonel Aguaro, um, has verbally committed to Georgia. He's a safety, six foot one ninety five, point uh, nine eight two four composite score. He's a four star, twenty eight rank overall, two at the position, second player, second rank player in the state of Massachusetts. Um, Justice. This is your guy, so you're you're gonna have to lead the way here. Sure. Um, so, unfortunately, there's not a lot of video on the guy. No, there's um, not. Now, what I what I was able to see, um, he played very physical. Um, likes to hit. He looks like he has great hands. He um, he has played some offense, you know, in high school too. Um, I thought he looked very good in coverage. Where I was more impressed with him, I think, was in run support. Um, and I feel like he could play like a safety linebacker hybrid role. Um, 
again, it's based on limited film that I could find, but I really like him. I think he can be a special player. Um, his movement was very fluid. Um, I could not find a lot of whole game tapes. Um, I did, you know, he played uh, for IMG last year. He did transfer back to his school in Massachusetts for a senior year. I did watch a game from IMG last year. Um, and I don't know if he played or not because they never said his name. Um, and if he did play, he was playing cornerback. Um, and so I couldn't draw a whole lot of conclusions from that other than if that was him playing cornerback, they did not throw the ball to his side of the field one time. Um, and he very well could have been playing cornerback for IMG. I think they had Keon Sab at safety. Um, you know, IMG is one of the top schools in the nation, so they have a lot of talent. So I'm sure they're just trying to get people on the field wherever they can. So it very well could have been him, um, but he was playing cornerback and – you know, and so that's very, very different than the other tape I saw him where he was playing safety. I personally like him better as a safety. Um, but the fact that if that was him playing cornerback and they never threw to his side at all, that kind of tells you a lot there, too, about his coverage ability. So, right. I tried to look him up um, and I found some full games uh, and went and verified, you know, against rosters for uh, St. John's prep and supposed to be him. Um and he was at corner. Both games that I kind of watched, he was at corner. And the same as you said, they didn't target him. They didn't go his way. Uh, his name wasn't announced. So I'm not exactly 100% positive. Uh, looking at some of the highlights, I mean, he he plays the part, right? Uh, and looks and like that's the weird thing. It's like the highlights, he looks. he's definitely playing safety. He's not playing yeah, corner. Yeah, absolute safety. So, um you know, other than the highlights, I don't have a whole lot on him. But he it looks like he played fast. Looks like he had good decision making. Um, didn't look like he was afraid to hit at all, right? Um, outside of that, without digging some deep or having more time to dig a little deeper and see if that's what I was looking at as far as the full games. Uh, according to the highlights, he looks to be everything that he's graded to be or rated to be. Chop, up to you. Um, so I really like him. Like, you know, so I, I think, you know, just as kind of mad mentioned it, you know, he played wide receiver early in his career. So I, I think he understands that part of it. You see some good ball skills when he's playing, uh, you know, when he's playing back there, but can make a move on it. I like, I like his size. I think he's like six, five, 11, 195 or something like that already. Um, you know, so that, that's really, I mean, that's already the NFL size that they're looking for yeah. at that position kind of in that wheelhouse, man, he's, he can close like you, you know, even if you're watching highlights or games, I don't get, you I mean, it would, if he's not there, that guy can narrow that 20 yard gap, like as fast as a, like anybody I've seen in a while. And, and closing so, speed is huge, right? Especially as yeah. you get into college, the NFL, that's a huge skill to have. Yeah. And, and, and he's got that, you know, I, I, when I was watching him, I, I mean, I, I've seen, I could see some corner in him. Um, but I, I think he's a guy that could play either free safety or strong safety. And, and to me, if you don't realize this, the NFL is becoming a hybrid of that. You're not going to see a traditional free safety or strong safety. You want guys that right. can do both. Look at like uh, the, the Cardinals are like the, the blueprint with that, with Buba and uh, or Buda and uh, uh, Thompson, Thompson there, right? Yeah. Yep. 
you know, because both those guys can kind of play either role there. So it really helps disguise, and that's what they're going to. And he can already do that, I think. You know, he could be a box guy one down, and I think the next play he could be back at free safety, and you're not going to miss a beat with either one. So um, I, I got on here, great athlete. Like, I read some articles where, uh, you know, as his junior year at, at IMG, he was considered the top athlete on the IMG high school football team, which – it's saying quite a bit, right? Because that's like a football factory, I think, you know, and yeah. to say that this is the guy, right? So they, they had him clocked at 23 miles per hour with a GPS. Um, I mean, that's like a school wow. where every single one's going D1, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and they had him clocked. Like, I, I saw two different things. I've seen 448 or 438 for his 40, but you think about that as a 16 or 17-year-old kid running that, I mean, holy crap. I mean, he can obviously – he can obviously He's still not fly. fully developed, so he can only get faster. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I, I mean, I I know his like game footage is tough to do it, but if you kind of decipher through like some of the highlights and things like that, you see it. Um, you know, it's it kind of hard to come up with any negatives or opportunities when you do some of that stuff and things that you might you might think would be a what could be a problem for him in it. Right. But I mean, also the fact that he's going to he's going to Georgia, right? Right. And, yeah. you know, they kind of know what they're doing on that side of the ball there. So, yeah, I really, I really, I really like him. And I think he's, you know, he's got a lot of good traits. And I think he's a guy that you kind of see where he's ranked. And, you know, right. I, I would, I'd feel pretty confident it's going to pan out for the future for him. So, and that's kind of interesting that you said the, the 23 miles per hour, right? Because, you know, Nowadays in the NFL, and it's trickling into college. There, you know, it's not the forty time that you're looking at. It's like single play, actual speed time, right? So and so receiver ran twenty one point whatever. You know, like Tyreek Hill. So if he's running a twenty three miles per hour, that's that's pretty damn fast. Well, and you're, you're that's looking really for, fast. Well, and, and, and <laughs> yeah, and, and who knows what pad level that was on when he did it, right? True. True. Um, you know, but like, I mean, the 40s good for a lot of things, you know, but like so much of so much of football is a, you know, it's within that 20 yard window or whatever. Right. I mean, you're I mean, right. well, 40, it I shows mean, up for shows up on him for, on the film. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I mean 40 right. time. I mean, everybody gets all freaking hard on that over the spring when they're doing the combine <laughs> and stuff like that. But I mean, to me, that's like it's such a I don't want to say it's like completely irrelevant, but it's. I don't, it's not a, it's not a very good barometer of what you need an NFL player to do. And the, and the, and this, I mean, how much, how often do they get around 40 yards in a straight line in a game? Yeah. Right. It doesn't, happen. you know, I mean, <laughs> unless you're a receiver running, running a fly or something. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't, I, right. I don't say it doesn't, it doesn't matter at all, but I mean, I think top speed is, is, is important. And, you know, obviously he has that and I think you see it too. So it doesn't look like his times are, you know, completely out of proportion like some, so. Right. I, I think your 40 now is kind of more indicative to your long speed, right? When you're running these fly patterns or, or deep posts yeah. and stuff like that. So, But when you can get clocked at top speeds, like we're seeing in the NFL now, these next-gen stats, I think that's more indicative of your pure speed, right? It's, what they should have them do for like safeties, you know, they should have a drill where the safety's back there, like kind of in the middle of the field, and you have a receiver on the left or the right, 
and the quarterback throws the ball to him and they see how fast you get to that guy like 20 yards down the field. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like seriously, that would be something that would be like, oh yeah, that's freaking like worth it, you know, as opposed to, I mean, how, how often is a safety running 40 yards in one straight? What, you know? Exactly. And, and it's even worse for like offensive and defensive linemen. Those boys are not running 40 yards nowhere, right? Who get, who gives a crap? What can they do 10 yards, right? Because that's where you're run blocking or setting screens or stuff like that. I mean, 40 times for for the big man, that's irrelevant. I, uh, well, that's why I like really things that understood show, that. that. Sometimes that show like explosion, you know, like your vertical jump and your broad jump and some of that stuff's more, you know, what you want to look at, you know. And um, I mean, you see all – I mean, the, the fucking – Bum that Cincinnati drafted that wide receiver that ran John a Ross. whatever. I mean, that sucks, sucks ass, right? I mean, he <laughs> right. You, know, you can't do it. Does it doesn't even matter? Like, yeah, great, you can run fast, straight, but I don't know. But anyway, yeah, off of that, like, I I really like uh, Jonel Oguero. You just gonna pick difficult names every goddamn time, Justice? <laughs> Is that your freaking goal? <laughs> No, He's he, so he difficult, was, is he yeah. not? I think he, he does one like just to make us fun of us. I think. Well, so he's when, already got his next one in here, and it's—I guess that one's not Popeye. I, I can deal with Popeye Williams. I can pronounce that. I, I can't I can even with that. He said Popeye, and the first thing that popped into my head was spinach eater. I'm like, I know he's gonna eat spinach, and he's gonna have big forearms. <laughs> How big are he his got forearms? Got a girlfriend named Olive Oil or something <laughs> here? I mean, what's going on here? <laughs> Well, I remember when I was putting together a show sheet, you know, a couple of shows ago when we were talking about uh, Aguero's commitment to Georgia. And I, I watched some video then and I just I, don't know, I was just really impressed. So I was really curious to kind of hear you guys' thoughts. No, cool. No, he's good. We, we like give him. you a hard time. But, yeah, we'll definitely dig into him for sure. Um, so I guess we're on to my guy now, Caleb Downs. Um has verbally committed to Alabama safety six foot 185 five-star prospect composite score is 99.43 number 12 player overall in the class number one at the position and the number one player in the state of Georgia for the 2023 class Um, it's almost like the rich are getting richer uh he looks and plays the part of one of the best defensive players in the 2023 class. Excellent coverage skills with home run hitting ability from anywhere on the field. Um, six touchdowns on 16 career interceptions so far, and we're just in just two games into his senior season, so he's got plenty more time to add to that. Um, when you ask him to come down and run support, he plays it kind of like a linebacker, aggressively looking for the big hit. Um he needs to polish up on his tackling a little bit, be more form correct, in my opinion. Um, plays with an energy that is contagious, um, and his teammates feed off of. I watched the game a couple weeks ago. Uh, he had a pick six, and once he scored, you could just see the energy of the whole team just change. Uh, that big play, game-changing ability is contagious. Um, he's a three-phase player, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, For the past two games, he's played 100-plus snaps, which is a lot for a high school player. Um, And I think Justice will touch on this a little bit. 
it almost seems, seems like he takes plays off a little bit. But I don't know if he just needs a breather, really, because he's playing 100 plus snaps. And you're playing, you know, a lot of players, they're coming off on offense or defense or special teams. It's he's always on the field. Um, best player on the field uh, on any given game. And that's kind of hard to do in Georgia because they got such a good talent, uh, a talent class down there. But um, very good awareness, good hands, speed size. Um, I think he's going to be the next big star at Alabama. Um under Saban, I think, you know, you're you're getting these top 10, 15, 20 guys. And, you know, we've seen Minka Fitzpatrick's. We've seen currently with Jordan Battle. I think Caleb Downs could be that guy. And uh, I think he can do whatever you need him to do. Cover, come down and play run support if you need him to play special teams. Um, he looks more comfortable on defense than he does offense. And I think special teams kind of goes with the defense with the interceptions, right? When he picks them up, he can score from anywhere on the field. I don't care what you do, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, give him the ball. He's got the kind of speed he can and talent. He can take it to the house with the quickness. So um, that was my pick for this week. Um, Justice, your thoughts. So what I noticed, or I guess what impressed me the most about him, at least playing defense, was his skills and coverage. I thought, you know, that's to me, that's kind of where he shined the most. I thought he had uh, good instincts, has a great nose for the ball. Um, I thought he was good in run support. Um, I don't know that I'd call it great. Um, And I did notice, like, he does seem to take plays off, but – you know, and I, I think that is due to the fact that he's playing both offense and defense. So if he's able to focus on defense only, you know, he's gonna he's gonna do he's gonna look a lot much a lot better. Um, kind of like what Hollywood said, he is definitely electric with the ball in his hands. Anytime he gets the ball in his hands or gets interception, he is most definitely a threat to get a touchdown. Um, the other negative that I noticed, and Hollywood kind of alluded to this, is when he tackles people. He doesn't really tackle them. He kind of just hits them. He doesn't like wrap them up. He just right. kind of, he just kind of hits them and like expects them to fall down. <laughs> um, yep, I agree. You know, I, obviously, you know, him and Aguero are both uh, D-backs, and so I, I think they're different players, in my opinion. Like to me, Aguero is much more in terms of in the box. You know, in run support, and he's good. He's good. I, I think Aguero's better in run support, and Downs is better in coverage. Yes. If I was going to compare the two, but yeah, Rock, your thoughts? Um, so the things I noticed, I think he's got. I think he's got good ball skills. Um, I think you see that. Um, but I, I put on 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 here too that he's great at intercepting shitty passes. Because <laughs> a lot of the interceptions I saw was stuff that was like way overthrown or way underthrown and stuff like that. Um, credit to him for getting them, but I don't think you're going to see some of those opportunities on the Division One level. Well, and I think um, the thing that was impressive when he does intercept, I think at least the game I watched, the stat was like he had 12 interceptions and six of them he returned for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, he's a freak when he gets the, the ball in his hands. I, I agree with that. So, um, I think he's 
I mean, he's a good hitter, and I think he's strong at the point of attack. Like as like Justice said, he maybe doesn't wrap up the best, but I he he brings it when he wants to when he gets up there, you know. And he's another guy that's got great closing speed, you know, where he kind of gets from point A to point B pretty quickly when he needs to. Um, I can see him like projected as either a free safety or strong safety, but I kind of feel more of the free safety role with him. Um, you know, which agreed, yes. You know, not that he can't play strong safety though, so maybe he's more of like a uh, like a Bates or something. You know, where that, yeah, you know where the guy is more free safety, but he can come up and do that dirty stuff as a strong safety when he needs to. But maybe it's just not completely his wheelhouse. But I think or, he can. He gets the, he when he focuses only on defense, right? Maybe he maybe that part will come. Well, I right. think some of it's I I think you know, and that could be, but I I think some of it's just a you know who that what that player is though too. You know, I think that the you know the the, the guys are willing to play. You know, to me, uh, Aguero is more of a small linebacker almost when he plays when he gets up there and. You know, yeah. is in the box and going and, and going after it. You know, and I don't. Yep. I don't necessarily. You don't see that see with that. Downs. You know, like I said. Yeah, it, it, I mean, like two weeks ago when I watched Downs, this is what he came up with. He played a hundred plus snaps for the second week in a row. He had ten tackles, one interception, which he returned for a touchdown, about forty something yards. He had six receptions for seventy yards and another score, and they even handed him the ball out of the backfield on a couple of reverses. So, I mean. He is just all over the place, and I, I kind of agree with you, Brock, that he's more of that free safety type. Yeah. But the thing with it, and, and the thing that Justice said, he's so electric when the ball's in his hands, right? If if he catches the ball and opens in space, the possibilities are endless with him because he has that type of speed, that type of vision. Well, then um, the can see the whole the, field and right and then the next question i mean i know he's you know they're saying he's the number one safety and stuff like that you know but then you know do they want to utilize that ability somewhere else you know is he returning punts or kicks or you know are they saying okay he's a a two-way player that we're going to give him some snaps here on offense and stuff like that you know and i almost have to think if he stays with Bama, right because he's only a verbal I have to think if he stays with them, offense kind of goes away because watching the film, it was like we talked about Nicholas Harbor, right? He was, you can see yeah, it. Maybe he'll return punts or kicks, maybe. Right, but he's more comfortable defensively on defense than he is offense. So yeah. I can kind of see, like Justice said, maybe you take that offensive stuff away from him. Because at high school, let's face it, when you're that talented, you're doing every thing, right? Yeah, you're, 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 yeah. It, I'm surprised he's not kicking extra points and punting because he's absolutely so right. Um, that's just what that's how it but works. When you, it's exactly how it works. So when you get to college, they start taking away the things you're not good at, right? And and they focus you and put you in one bucket. And then of course, by the time you get to NFL, you better have your shit figured out because it, it rarely do you see position changes of that nature, but. Um, but I think I, I think the thing is though from that I, I still think he's more of a free safety than a strong safety. I don't think you're going to change. I do that think he's a free safety. I agree with you on that. I don't I, think I, you, I do. you know which. And maybe it, I, I, hate, that, I hate to say it, but I kind of see him with his big playability a little bit. Don't you kind of see a little bit of 
Kevin Byardini. That's exactly what I was going to say, Kevin Byard. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. Byard, you know, he's not afraid to come down and run support and hit you and all that good shit. Um, but you but want rather, him as your, your he, patrol he back make, there. Yeah, to make him play on the back end more than anything else. You don't necessarily want him, right? you know, going after the other team well, running back on screen plays. Because we, I mean, we saw it with Byard a few years ago when they were playing him more of a strong safety than they were free safety. And it wasn't that he wasn't doing a good job, but his numbers suffered, right? You know, because they were having to pull him down in the box more. You put him at free safety and he can use his ball hawk skills. He can use his home run hitting ability to change games. And I think that for me, that's what I kind of see in downs a little bit. The only thing I would say is when, when he takes plays off, he seemed to take the plays off when it is run support. And so yes. if he's if he's only playing defense, then perhaps he's not gonna, you know, we could see a different side of him that we don't that we don't see today because he's taking plays off because he's on the field all the time. Right. But yeah, I mean, based right. on the field, I agree. He's, he's a free safety. And I we've kind of mentioned this a couple of times tonight about different players taking plays off, right? But in high school, I kind of feel like that's not a negative, in a way. Well, especially in his case, right? Because, yeah, you're, I mean, you're play, He's played two games this year, and he's played over hundred plays both games, and he's playing all. Well, three it's phases. not even I that, mean, but some, sometimes you know your other team is so good too that like I don't have to worry about true. this one, you know. So true, very I, true. I just. Uh, I don't know. I mean, everybody, and even that, even the NFL, you see guys take plays off. I mean, yeah. so. I don't know if that's such a big deal, and they're not playing 100 snaps in a freaking two in a game. So, right. Randy Moss was one of the biggest uh, known to take plays off, right? Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know if I absolutely. Well, I mean, no. I, yeah. And the thing is, too, I, I mean, he's when a, we say take plays off. I think you have to take it into kind of into context, context, and, and yep. yeah, I, I think that's and the it, whole thing right there. And the kid grew up in football too. Probably, I mean, his dad was an NFL player. Um, he's got an uncle, yep. an uncle that made it to the NFL, and so, yep. I mean, honestly, from a, a football standpoint and understanding it, you know, he he probably understands it better than most kids in high school <laughs> right. <laughs> at this moment. Yeah. Right, he's you got know? that so, bloodline in him, right? And I, yeah, and I know this is, you know, how I get sometimes triggers me. Um, we hear this a lot: bloodline or NFL DNA triggered that's a real thing right i mean that's some people gloss over that and they're like well whatever but no well, no it, ma- it matters real, because you know I they're they're getting thing. it yeah right? well they're getting he, it early early on he understands some of the preparation and the detail and the things like that i mean i, I read an article about him that you know they talked about his film you know his, his willingness to watch film and be part of that you know most kids don't pick that up and that shit told pros deep into college or even pros. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, it's not a thing. So someone that's doing that in high school level, you know, and if they actually are understanding that, you know, and so who's to say you're saying he's taking a playoff, but maybe he's watched on film and he knows that's a freaking run and he's, you know, he just needs to watch if it comes towards him. Right. (laughs) You know, (laughs) he's 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 back deep at safety. He's like, well, okay. I've seen this play. I know what the hell they're doing. I'll just kind of stand here and hang out, you know, and, us quote unquote morons sitting here on the Debbie IDP grind is like, oh, he's taking the playoff. And he's like, well, fuck, I know what they're doing. I'll just chill. Exactly. <laughs> right. 
Yeah, I kind of feel like the plays off thing at, at that level is kind of nitpicking, especially when you're playing the amount of reps he is, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's played a lot um, of plays. So that's games. good stuff. It's yeah. like 200, 200 plays already. Yeah, over 200 plays. I think he in the game that I watched a couple weeks ago, he played 100 and I think it was 113 snaps. Did you count and, those? Did you have like the like? No, they they Roman announced it because it was on, on. No, it was on ESPN, and they uh, were, I guess they were tracking them. So, you know, it was you one of those. That That's why you didn't count it, right? Yeah, I don't have enough toes and fingers, so uh, I can't count that high. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that's a hell of a lot of snaps for a high school player. So um, that concludes our player profiles. Hopefully, this is something our listeners like, other than uh, Choppy's. Uh, wild and crazy comments he's got going on here. Uh, what crazy <laughs> comments do I got? <laughs> well, not on our player profiles, but on our players of the week. But hopefully this is something our listeners like, right? This is something we're going to try to do this season. Maybe put the bug in the ear about this player because, let's face it, nobody on earth can watch every single player and have an evaluation. It's just impossible. There's no way. Even if you broke it down to NFL or just college or just high school, it's just too much. So um, we're going to try to pick a player each week and break them down, uh, go over them. Maybe it's high schoolers. Maybe it's already college players. Uh, no rhyme or reason. We're just picking somebody that we're interested in and watching. Um, if you have somebody you want us to look at, hit us up. Uh and pardon me for not having your all's Twitter handles. Justice, they can hit you up at justice underscore two three one eight. And you can hit Brock up at chopping underscore Casey. And you can hit me up at Hollywood Titan. Um, yeah, let us know if there's somebody that you, maybe it's somebody you've seen locally and you're intrigued with, or maybe it's a big prospect you want to look at. Um, Shoot us a DM or hit us up and let us know. Um, good show, guys. Um, thought it was very informative. I think this is something we're going to be able to do going forward this season. Um, if you're listening, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Radio, wherever. Go to idpnation.com. There's a whole review section. Click the review tab. Let us know. Give us five-star rating or whatever. Check that out. Um, we will be back next week with three players. We'll be back with uh, week two. Um, pretty good show, guys. Anything we left out or anything that maybe you're just thinking of that uh, you want to talk about? I, I just saw a great stat on Twitter that I'll pass on to all our followers here. So, okay. Uh, oops, I hit the wrong button. Um, since the 2000 season, FBS teams that averaged less than 2.8 yards per play and scored zero touchdowns have gone three and 371. <laughs> so, it, you're saying there's a chance? <laughs> no. <laughs> Iowa, Iowa owns two of those wins, and they're two and one in those games. So they win 66.7% of those games. The rest of college football is at 0.3%. So out of those three wins, Iowa has two of them. 
and and I know I touched on it earlier. And you know we're a defensive podcast, and that's what we focus on. But Jesus Christ, Spencer Petrus, go Hawkeyes! If they, holy shit! If they don't do something with him, man, they're gonna. They better hope that damn defense plays like they did last week because they're going to be in a world of freaking hurt. I mean, well, they, that they, was whew, that was horrible, gonna, dude. They're not going to be whole, able to hold Wisconsin's and Purdue's even to three points, right? So, well, yeah. uh, no, but I mean, even if that defense plays elite and you're what twenty, I don't know, seventeen to twenty-five points. I mean, that's pretty good for a defense nowadays. Yeah, but their that, offense probably can't get there, right? That, that offense is, oh, my gosh, that offense is horrible. I was like, yeah. holy shit. Ugh. I just, ugh. I could not. So. Um, All right, close her out. Don't, don't tell me how to live my life. Anyway, please subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know how bad Choppy sucks. You know, we're always we're always looking for a replacement because you know we just we just started with him. So um, tell us what you like and dislike, and we'll be back next week.